I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Miles Away listener. It's your host, Zach Honig. We want to hear your feedback about the show. What kinds of topics do you want to hear more of or less of? Who would you love to hear me interview? And what destination should we cover? Do you have a favorite episode so far? We really want to get your feedback, so please go to thepointsky.com slash podcast. Again, thepointsky.com slash podcast to learn more. And please let me know by May 1st. Thanks and safe travels. On today's episode of Miles Away, we are sitting down with Darren Murph. Welcome back to the podcast, Darren. Thank you for having me. And we are talking about the great state of Alaska, the 49th state. It's the last frontier. That's all I know. The last frontier. It's amazing. It's huge. It's the size of the entire continental. I've been twice uh, in the summer. And Alaska is a really special place, probably any time of year that you go. But in the summer, it's especially interesting just because, I mean, you get a ton of sunlight. I, yeah. I remembered we went for a happy hour in the evenings and then just like the day continued on and on and on from yeah. there. I think the sunset after after 11 p.m. Yeah. So there's there's a term. It's the land of the midnight sun. Land of the midnight which sun. Which sounds so uh, it's just poetic. Yeah. But in truth, it actually is the land of the midnight sun. Uh, I went to Dawson City by way of the Top of the World Highway, and there was a, a show we went to see there, and it didn't finish up until like 1230, and we came out, and it was sunset. A.M., 1230 A.M. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's just like going to Norway. I experienced that. Uh, I went to Norway for uh, the, the longest day, the summer solstice. Yeah. And I went up to Tromso, far in the north, just a- along the, s- the same uh, longitude. Yep is the northern part of Alaska. Yeah. so It's a the, pretty big state, it's right? It's uh, enormous. If you can count all the islands that go all the way almost to Russia, and you, you transpose that on the The Illusion island. Islands? Yeah, Illusion. It starts with an A, not like Illusion, like uh, a magic tree. <laughs> if you transpose that on top of the continental U.S., it would stretch almost from Maine to Los Angeles. It's nuts. It's so, very large. Let's say I've never been to Alaska. I've been twice. Okay. Um, but let's pretend I haven't been there. Okay. We're Where, pro- what should I do on my first trip? <sighs> Here's the thing. You should go in the summer if it's your first time. Okay. The winter is amazing there, but it's bitterly cold, and you really need to, uh, to weave the northern lights into your trip, or otherwise you're like, what am I doing here? Dog sledding is amazing. Northern lights is amazing. But that's all for like the second time. The first time should be in the summer so you get these amazingly long days. So you're going in the summer. You need to decide between Anchorage and Fairbanks, generally speaking, fly one or the other. If it were my first trip, I'd fly into Fairbanks and I'd rent a car and I'd do the top of the world highway. It's one of my most favorite things I've ever done. If you're into road tripping or even if you're not, it's one of America's most quintessentially beautiful drives. So top of the world highway goes roughly from Fairbanks to Dawson City, Yukon. So you'll need to bring your passport because you're going to Canada. Oh, yeah, Canada. Okay. Okay. But most of it is in uh, Alaska. So what makes this road so special is you're kind of on the ridgebacks of mountains for hundreds and hundreds of miles. And most of it's on dirt roads. So you are in the middle of nowhere for Hours, hours and hours and hours and hours. And you go through this town called Chicken. 
Chicken, Alaska. Okay. So as the story goes, the folks that first founded this settlement, there was a different way to spell chicken in their native tongue. But no one could exactly agree on how to spell it. So they just went with the typical English spelling, which is chicken. Chicken is a is one of the few towns you'll stop at along the way. It used to be an old, it's like an old gold mining town, and you can still pan for gold there. There's not a lot happening there. You'll find a restroom and a few restaurants and a few RVers that are just way off the grid. Uh, but it's just part of the, it's just one of the few places where you can go that there there's no pavement, there's no establishments it's just so so off the grid but you you uh you just see the most amazing mountain ranges the whole way and you end up in canada dawson city and when you get there you can order poutine and it's amazing oh man so is that more more of a remote experience uh, it's very for remote more wilderness it's very remote but l- let's be honest most of alaska is extraordinarily remote and so this is just taking it to the extreme end of that but dawson city is a really cool place to go uh, and you get to go from Alaska all the way over and you can say, you know, you cross the border and yeah. you change time zones. It's just one of those cool, like extreme off the grid remote things. Like I did the top of the world highway and you can't do that in the winter because it's all snowed in. So I guess you need to rent a car then. You do need to rent a car everywhere. <laughs> do not go to Alaska and not rent a car. If you find the Anchorage and you're like, Oh, I'm just going to Uber around. to yeah. things. No, you're not. You're not going to do that. You need to befriend someone with a car or rent a car Look, the state of Alaska is huge, okay? It will fit on the other 48 states just by itself, all right? You need a car because there's a lot to see. And you're going to need many hours to get from place to place. Now, can you do Fairbanks and Anchorage on one trip? You can. They're about six, give or take, hours apart. Okay, Um, not crazy. So if you have a long enough stay, like if you're there for a week or a week and a half, you could fly into, you could do a round trip from Anchorage and make your way up to Fairbanks. There's a, a ton of daily flights connecting them. It's like 45 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. What, why would you and who should choose Anchorage in that part of Alaska over Fairbanks for a first trip? Anchorage is probably the more sensible location to fly into for a first trip. I love the top of the world highway out of Fairbanks, but that's kind of for the explorers. Like you're going expressly for that. There's not a lot to Fairbanks itself. The only thing notable I can think about Fairbanks is it's right beside a town called North Pole. Like it's actually called North Pole. North Pole, comma, oh, Alaska. North Pole, Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Like that is actually... I always picture that being at the northern part of, of the yeah, state. Yeah, but it's actually not. Like uh, Barrow and the, the oil fields are way, way up at the uh-huh. top. So North Pole is, is kind of a suburb of uh, Do they have a Christmas tree shops? So they Sorry. have this huge, huge Christmas shop that's open year-round. And obviously, in December, it's just manic. But also, halfway through the year, it's manic because they have half Christmas. So you can go at half Christmas, and there's, like, Santa's there. You can get a picture Christmas in lap. July, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Christmas in July. And uh, they have this massive gift shop where everything North Pole you can get. I mean, you can get a photo with Santa at the North Pole. I mean, come on. If you have kids, this is a no-brainer. So that's an amazing reason to go to Fairbanks. For everyone else, I would start the journey uh, in Anchorage, predominantly because Anchorage itself is a, it's like a proper town. So you can find a few points properties there and some actually really good food. They actually have a ski resort there that's pretty decent in the winter. Alaska, is that what it is? Alaska okay. is, is an awesome place. And even in the summer, they have a cable car that will take you up to the top of the mountain, and there's a restaurant there with just obscene I views. did that. Oh. I, I had the baked Alaska, and I saw yes. – uh, I saw bear from the cable car. Did you really? I was so excited. My first bear sighting. Amazing. Yeah. There are plenty of I mean, bear. we have them in New Jersey, I guess. 
but yeah, but then that's that's not the same, yes. right? It's like that's an Alaskan bear. Yes. Uh, but while we're on the topic of food, I have to say, if you stop in Anchorage or the surrounding area, you have to go to Moose's Tooth, Moose's Tooth Pizzeria. Okay. All right. So there are people Sounds that are listening. Crunchy. Well, now that you mentioned it, <laughs> there are people on this podcast right now that are like pumping their fist in the air. Yes. Moose's Tooth is legendary. It's <laughs> almost good enough to justify a trip there. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And they also have Bear's Tooth, which is a spinoff that they have, like, theater uh, showings and things like mm-hmm. that. Moose's Tooth is legendary, and it's one of the most remote pizza joints in the world, but it is phenomenally good. So if you end up in Anchorage, you have to go. It'd be a crime not to. And Anchorage is really close to Denali National Park. Is that right? It's, it's, Denali is kind of equidistant from Fairbanks and Anchorage. And that's why a lot of people that are making the drive from Fairbanks to Anchorage or vice versa will stop at Denali along the way. It's roughly halfway between the two. Okay. So you can make it a day trip from either city. But again, Denali itself is enormous. Uh, and in the summer, sometimes they have throttles on how many cars they'll let in. So you have to take a shuttle to kind of see some of the things. So I kind of prefer to go in the shoulder season where you can drive yourself in there and pick a hike from there. But mm-hmm. in the summer, be prepared for crowds. I mean, it's amazing. So who is the state of Alaska for? What type of tourist would you, you, know, would you recommend it for? Do it's, you have to be adventurous and want to you know, spend some time out in the wilderness? or Yeah, you need to be the exploring type, the adventurous type. If you're going for nightlife and the cityscapes, it's the wrong place. You also need to be someone with time and, and you have to have patience because Alaska is huge. So even getting from, let's say, Moose's to, to Denali, you're talking about three hours each way. Uh-huh. Like nothing is close together. So this is you're, you're keeping your fingers crossed for a rental car upgrade. I'm guessing. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I would. I would definitely make sure you rent something that you're going to want to spend a lot of time in. Let's say we package Southern Alaska. Okay, so we have the the Whittier Tunnel, which is an amazing place. Moose's Tooth, Alaska, uh, Homer Spit. All of these places are technically in southern Alaska, and most of them are like two to four hours away from each other. So you're going to need multiple days to do this right. But it's worth doing. I mean, you could go to Anchorage and spend a week there and hit a lot of this stuff, and it would be a a trip well done. If you try to do Anchorage and Fairbanks in a week, you're going to cut a lot of corners, and you'll spend a lot of your time just driving. I would recommend segmenting those out because of just how enormous Alaska is. Whittier Tunnel is this train track that's built through a mountain. And so to get to the town of Whittier, you actually have to drive your vehicle through the train tunnel. So the only way this doesn't create complete calamity is they have to let the train through on the half hours, I think. And then on the 15 and 45, they let cars go back and forth. Uh So you have to queue up on either side of it to get to this like tunnel locked town. Mm -hmm. It's this fishing port. It's worth doing just because you get to drive your vehicle on a train track. Oh, that is cool. Through a tunnel. Okay. And you're like, I really hope the train didn't miss the memo. Yeah. I was picturing one of those platforms where you drive onto the platform and it just goes down the rails. No, the like you control it. You you're are, driving yeah. on the tracks. It's not like a ferry where you just park yourself on a shipping container. And, no, like you do it, man. It's, oh, it's an adventure. It's amazing. So how much should I budget for a trip to Alaska? Is it kind of an expensive destination? Are we spending you know, a lot on hotels? Are you camping? Or, you know, what, kind of walk me through that. There are plenty of national parks, a huge concentration of national parks in Alaska, many of which require a bush plane to get to. You can't even drive to it. And actually, the largest national park in the United States at 20 million square feet is Wrangell St. Elias. You can drive to that because it's 20 million square feet. You're not going to see too much oh, yeah, in a no. week. 
and probably parts are not even accessible. They're right? not. Yeah, not unless you're just uh, you just go in there backcountry and just bushwhack your way through the park, which you can, but not recommended for most people. Generally speaking, Alaska is not the cheapest destination. In the summer, which is peak season, any of the hotels in the surrounding Anchorage area are outrageously expensive. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. And same for rental cars, especially if you want to get a four-wheel drive or like an SUV, because they know a lot of people want to do that top-of-the-world highway. And you can do that in a basic standard car. It's just not very enjoyable. So the SUVs are usually priced pretty egregiously. So it's something you need to budget for. But the magic of Alaska, I've been a lot of places, and it's just incomparable to anything else. There's just something special about it. The mountains there, the remoteness is just incredibly beautiful it's worth doing i would recommend doing it with a group so you share some of the cost Uh, it's much easier to justify an suv rental if you're splitting it four or six ways Mm -hmm. same thing with lodging you can find airbnbs out in the middle of nowhere and if you can split it with one or two other couples your dollar goes a lot further so do you pick fairbanks or anchorage kind of as your base camp and then do day trips from there or would you kind of spread it out almost like uh you know a trip to iceland where you're you're staying at different places kind of as, as you go a lot of people do pick anchorage as a base and there are a lot of tour companies that will take you out there i personally think you're the better tour guide i really like the self-guided part of alaska if you just go to alaska and you get on a tour bus you're not really doing it justice half the fun in alaska is getting in your own vehicle and just exploring it on your own so when we went we spent a few days with anchorage as a base and then we we did that top of the world highway drive to yukon so we just dedicated a full day full day getting to dawson city and we spent a few days in the yukon before heading back Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about flights and hotel options. And one thing I want to touch on, too, is that you'd be surprised, but looking at a map, Alaska actually seems almost as close, if not maybe even a little bit closer to Hawaii than the west coast of the U.S. For sure. So it could be potentially even, you know, a stopping off point on, on the way to Hawaii. It's actually, you know, it's funny. We were talking on a Seychelles episode a few episodes back. So if you haven't heard that, listen to the Seychelles episode. Alaska is an amazing sort of stopover, kind of an in-between if you're coming from the East Coast, to have this amazing mountain adventure and then continue on to an island paradise. Which is crazy. It's crazy. But you need to pack a lot. Yeah, you because, need a check bag allowance, I'd <laughs> yeah, say, right? Because <laughs> what you wear and need in both places are completely different, even if you're going in the summer. But, you know, that's why you have cards with free baggage allowance. Mm-hmm. You can sneak Alaska into a Hawaiian vacation. Obviously, Alaska Airlines is, you know, the, the predominant carrier there. Yeah. Uh, the even though they're trip. based in, in Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. a lot of the intra-Alaska flights are operated by Alaska. Yep. Or Horizon Air. Horizon, Penn Air, okay. uh, a few of those smaller carriers to take you to some of the real remote places. I actually did a Penn Air flight to Unalaska. Dude, I want to hear this. So Unalaska oh. I, is on my bucket list. Um, it's There's another so name cool. for Unalaska. What's it? Oh, my gosh. Dutch Harbor? Dutch Harbor. That's Dutch it. Harbor. Yes, Dutch Harbor. Yeah. Um, so the airport code, I think, is D-U-T for yes, Dutch Harbor. that's right. But the locals seem to call it Unalaska. They do. It used to be part of Russia. Yeah. It's on the Aleutian Islands. It's extremely it's, close. It's, it's actually very close to Russia. I think it's closer to Russia than it is Anchorage. It's oh, yeah. way it, out It there. really is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're out there. It's, it was, about, I think, about a two-hour flight from Anchorage on a turboprop, so we weren't going out at jet speeds. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it was still a hike. And I did a day trip there because it's a very – I was really intrigued. It's a really expensive flight to pay Incredibly cash for. Incredibly expensive. It's 900 to $1,100 yeah. round trip. Yeah. But I was actually able to book it for, I think, 15,000 Alaska miles. Amazing. I don't know what the current rate is. Uh, but uh, this was a couple of years ago. But what I had seen uh, just a couple of years before I visited, this video had gone viral of, 
I think it was a, a Walmart or some kind of big store. They actually have a, a large store. It's a grocery store. I think it's a Walmart. And in the parking lot, someone had a pickup truck, and they had brought their groceries out and left it in the bed of the pickup truck. They went back in to get more things. They came out, and there were 50 bald eagles surrounding the car, diving in and just stealing everything out of the back of the pickup And I've, I'm like, I've never seen a single bald eagle, let alone yeah. you know, that's, that's, dozens of them together. That's quite possibly the most Alaska thing I've ever heard. Yeah. But and it's uh, they're everywhere there, they're and it everywhere. was it was so cool. I mean, they were yeah. fishing for salmon, and they are aggressive. Yes, I was actually they were circling me at one point. Yeah, they're <laughs> like the monkeys in Malaysia. Like if they get your lunch, you just got to. Oh give my it up. god! Yeah, You're like please take it. everything. Here's my wallet too. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. know what to do with it, but yeah. stay away. So yeah, there are a ton of uh, shorter flights to really remote regions of Alaska once you're there, if you have enough time. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of these towns that are completely disconnected from other towns by road, so you have to fly from one to the other, which in and of itself is just a mind-boggling concept if you live in the mainland because that just doesn't happen. I mean, whole communities aren't just cut off from each other. But out there, it's just it's how it they live. It is wild, man. Yeah. It's like you have to get uh, uh, take a plane to most of these places. Uh, and a lot of the locals live in really remote areas, and they actually fly themselves around. They've got seaplanes. Yep. And yep. if they want to get you know to see their family or to the doctor, even sometimes to the grocery store, they have it's to fly plane. there. Yeah, it reminds me of in the Maldives where all of those islands are obviously disconnected from one another. People just have boats, and they just consider it part of their day-to-day life mm-hmm. of just getting in a boat and going to another island. It's the same thing in Alaska, but with planes. Yeah. It's wild. The Sheraton is where I stayed. And from one part of the Sheraton, you have a view of the kind of the inner city Anchorage airport. Right. And there's just a ton of prop planes, like one after the yeah. next after the next. And I seem to me like it's locals that are just <laughs> coming locals. into the city for their, do their banking. Yeah. Or, you know, and there are happy hour, maybe not happy hour and then flying, but. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of people out there that just run that as their business. They just charter locals from place to place because it's. It's like coming to New York. Every, you know, you need a cab. If you go to Alaska, you probably need a plane. Yeah. One uh, salmon bed to the next. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk flight and hotel options. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So there are uh, obviously Alaska Airlines, and if you have Alaska yep. miles, you can use your miles to get to yep. from the state of Alaska. Yep. Every major U.S. airline also has flights, and, and JetBlue does as well. I don't think Southwest flies to no, not Alaska. Yet. No, not yet. Who knows? Maybe maybe one day. But Yeah, they've uh, got Hawaii now, so you never know. Yeah, but JetBlue does, I think, Long Beach to Anchorage, I believe. They might. I don't know. I've never flown them there. Yeah. That's interesting. The legacy carriers do as well. They've got For limited sure. flights, but sometimes you can find uh, not wide-body planes, but you can get live flat seats. So if you get 757s on American or Delta, yep. you know you might be able to get a live flat seat. In the summer, Delta runs a seasonal, I think, Atlanta to Anchorage flight, which is pretty long. Oh, yeah. And I think the config on that is pretty sweet, given mm-hmm. how long you're in the plane. United's got, I think last summer they did daily Newark 
Anchorage as well. It's not as long as you'd expect. So if you're flying to the West Coast and then up to Alaska, it's going to take some time. Yeah. But if you're flying from the East Coast nonstop, you're going over Canada, and it's a lot more efficient. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's around seven and a half to eight hours to get out there. Tops. Uh, Whereas if you're connecting on the West Coast, you're going to add a lot of time. The other thing is you actually get four hours back because (laughs) it's an additional hour away from the Pacific Coast. Right. It doesn't feel as long when you land there. You get some of that time. Yeah. So somehow, if you somehow get to piece together an amazing award trip, fly from the East Coast to Anchorage nonstop, get one of those live flat seats, and then uh, go down to Hawaii. It's actually one of my favorite redemptions to tell people is to book a multi-city award ticket. So East Coast to Alaska, and then spend a week or so there, and then Alaska to a Hawaiian island. Even the legacy carriers, some of them have to connect back through Seattle, but there's a surprising amount of flights that go from Fairbanks and Anchorage to all of the Hawaiian Islands. Mm-hmm. It's inc- they're incredibly well connected. Obviously, people that live in Alaska love to go to Oh, Hawaii. my God. That's a dream escape. Yeah. So if you end up there, you get to latch onto that leisure travel. Imagine almost 24 hours of darkness, <laughs> darkness in the wind. And then escaping to like, Hawaii. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and then just know. connect back home from Hawaii. Uh, and so that's a dream destination. My wife and I, we had an anniversary trip in August a few years ago where we spent the first week in southern Alaska. And then we flew on to Hawaii from there. And I think we did Molokai and Lanai on that trip before flying home. That was a sensational trip. It was about 20 days. I know that's done Alaska and Hawaii on the same trip. (laughs) (laughs) It's a must. You're I mean, look, you're already over there. You're really close. Yeah. If you've gone all that way, you just might as well go to Hawaii. I'm a sucker for Hawaii. Any excuse. (laughs) Before we wrap up, uh, what about hotel options? I stayed at the Sheraton. I wasn't blown away. But it was a pretty decent value on points because I did go in the summer, and yeah. I mean the cash rates can be really high. They're really high. I've seen it as high as like three fifty a night for that Sheraton, uh-huh. which is cr- and I think they even charge for parking there. You're like for real? Yeah, right. There's exactly. Infinite square footage in Alaska, and they charge for parking. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, points on that hotel is pretty solid. Cash is a terrible deal. Uh, the advent of Airbnb, I actually think, it has helped Alaska uh, disproportionately, and that's a good thing. Because there are so many amazing cabins in Alaska that people use as second or third homes that Mm -hmm. they just aren't in for the most of the year. So now that they can rent them out to explorers, you get to stay in these amazing places that are built like up on mountainsides that no one would build a hotel there. Oh, yeah. So Alaska is tailor-made for Airbnbs, especially if you're piecing together a really long road trip. Because it's nothing to have two destinations in Alaska be two, three, four hundred miles apart. Mm -hmm. and. If you try to use one place as a home base, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Are credit cards pretty widely accepted in Alaska? I'm pretty sure they are from yeah. my experience. But what yeah. about what about Yukon? They were there. Yukon is actually pretty fairly, well connected. fairly well-developed town. It kind of reminded me of Fairbanks in terms of its size. It just looks like a super old western town. Uh-huh. So they have changed nothing about the aesthetic, which is amazing. But everything underneath of it, infrastructure-wise, is well-connected. Hotels take credit cards there. Restaurants take credit cards there. But you feel like you are a million years. It's just it's like the Wild Wild West. You've walked right back into it. Actually, the last leg of that top-of-the-world highway, when you actually cross into Dawson City, the town, you have to get on a ferry. There's a tiny river that kind of disconnects you from mainland Yukon to Dawson City. And instead of building a bridge over it, I mean, it's, I don't know, 300 feet. They're like... We're going to put a ferry here. So you get a quintessential Wild West ferry 
to take you all the rest of the way into Dawson City. Oh my God. Highly recommend it. UConn was not even on my radar, and now it is. It, and it I'm should. I have to go. You have to. And there's, it's complicated to get to UConn by itself, and there's not a whole lot of reason to go and those, there. And those intra-Canada flights can be really expensive. Really expensive. But the secret is fly into Fairbanks, get a rental car, and do the top of the world highway. It's oh unforgettable. And you get to visit Canada while you're there and get poutine. and It's just phenomenal. Uh, Pan for gold. I mean, come on. Darren, if anyone wants to follow along with your Alaskan, Hawaiian, and, and worldwide adventures, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Darren underscore Murph, and I'm on Twitter at, at Darren Murph. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Safe travels, Darren. Absolutely. See you again soon, Zach. That's all for this episode of Miles Away. Thanks again to Darren Murph. This episode was produced by Margaret Kelly and Caroline Shagrin, with editing by Ryan Gavis. Our music is by Alex Schiff. If you've been enjoying Miles Away so far, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.